You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Six. Why are you so surprised? Anderson Kramer said. His voice had now taken on a tone that was closer to the speaking voice Jim knew, but without the 60s jargon. This gave Jim an eerie feeling of speaking to an impersonator, but he knew it wasn't so. The spirit inside the man in the purple jumpsuit was definitely Anderson. Did you think that because I've been a spirit for over fifty years I would have gotten used to it and moved on? I've told you before, Jim. Spirits linger in this world if there is something they can't let go of before they move on. I've always tried to get back to life. Why? You lived your time out, had a good life. Why come back? And why possess this young man? Jim and Andrew began spreading out around the room, trying to get on either side of Anderson. Outside, they could hear running footsteps in the courtyard. Andrew thought fast. Rhea, can you use your power to keep the doors closed? Rhea had gotten back on her feet, and now she reached out both hands like a stage magician. The folding chairs in the room were all suddenly pulled back and piled up in front of the door, making it completely impassable. That should hold them for a few moments, she said, turning back to face the others. Anderson laughed again. The sound was nothing like the good-natured chuckle Jim had heard him use in spirit form. First of all, this boy isn't my vessel. He's just one acolyte who I used to speak through on occasion. He volunteered for it. Second of all, do you think a pile of chairs are going to stop my friends outside from getting in? To them, you're the enemies, and they will do anything to protect me since I've promised them to make them live forever. As an authority on the matter, I can tell you and them that it's highly overrated, Jim said. Anderson's eyes glowed purple again. Oh, really? Then you should try being a spirit and see how you like it. If given a choice between endless physical life and life as a specter, I think we both know what you'd choose. Jim extended his hand in a gesture of peace. He lowered his sword and looked at the man in front of him. Anderson, we're friends. We've been friends for years. Why didn't you ever tell me about this? Oh, Jim, you have it all wrong. I don't have friends. I have servants. Some who do what I ask because I teach them. Some because I promise them favors in return and some because they have something to gain. You're that last kind. I was just a spirit who helped you focus. 
helped you find the connection to the spirit you wanted to talk to, and I had you fooled good and proper. You never thought that I might be using you when I needed to, like getting rid of the soul eater for me. Rhea could feel the people outside pounding on the door. She focused her mind to create a barrier over the door, pushing it closed. It was working, but she could feel her mind starting to get tired. Using her powers for extended periods of time had always exhausted her, and she had never been in a fight like this before. She gritted her teeth and kept the barrier up. Andrew had reached Mercedes, who was lying on the floor. He knelt beside her and lifted her up, taking her pulse. Mercedes opened her eyes and looked at him. Feeling the power in the room, she didn't think there was much to be gained by faking unconsciousness. You okay? Andrew asked. Yeah, just got knocked over. Jim was still staring in disbelief at the body containing Anderson Kramer. The young man stood in the middle of the stage-like floor, arms at his side and the eyes emitting a strange purple glow. It was as if he was waiting for something. Look, Anderson, Jim said. We came here to get Rhea's mom back. If you return her, we'll walk out of here and call it a truce. I'll figure out a way to pay for the chalice later. The chalice, Anderson said. Oh, don't worry about that. A cup can be reused, you know. I only need it for a moment. But I'm not sure I can trust you, Jim. You already know far too much about me and what goes on here. Although, perhaps... Anderson seemed to consider for a moment. Jim's hand tensed on the hilt of the sword. How would you like for me to fulfill your wish, Jim? Anderson said, looking directly at him. How would you like for me to make you mortal? What? Mercedes and Feline said in unison. Rhea blinked. Now for the first time, she put the pieces of the puzzle together. She hadn't gotten it when Jim had spoken about personal experience, thinking he was just being sarcastic. Now she understood. How? Jim said. His voice was suddenly hoarse. How could you do that? What gives eternal life can take it away. If we mix the ingredients my thief has collected, and they are consumed by a person already immortal, well, you'd become mortal. You could die. I know how you've wished for that all these years. Jim stood like a statue, his eyes going large and dark. Jim? Andrew asked, taking two steps toward his friend. Jim, don't listen to... Stay out of this, Jim said, his voice so hoarse it sounded like a growl. All these years, you knew? Of course I knew. I know all about you, Jim. Do you think I didn't pay attention to you in all the time we worked together? You could finally join Ginger. You could leave all this behind. You could find peace. All I need is for your people to stop this, and we can begin the ritual that will give me life and you death. Jim looked at his friends, his eyes resting for a moment on each of them. Give Rhea her mom back. And we'll call it a deal, he said. Anderson smiled. Deal. Jim let go of the sword, and it clattered to the floor. Stand down, he said. 
What? Feline asked, her voice almost cracking over. But he's a bad guy. We should... You should do what I tell you. Stand down, Rhea. Drop the... whatever you call it. Force field or whatever. There was a moment of tense silence in the room. All eyes seemed to focus on Jim, who stood immovable in front of Anderson. Rhea lowered her hands and relaxed her mind. The chairs clattered to the floor, just as the doors flew open and a handful of the purple-clad acolytes ran inside. Stop, my children, Anderson said. We have reached a deal with these intruders. They will be leaving us shortly. Rachel, Sarah, Abel, please bring the prisoner in here. She will be leaving with them. The acolyte stood for a moment looking from one to the other before the three Anderson had called by name reacted and went back outside. Mark, John, and James, bring out the body. Anderson pointed to the door on the wall leading to the laboratory room. The three men went through the door and vanished from their sight. I am not going to stay in this body much longer, Anderson said. I will soon be joined into my new body, and the ritual can begin. But before then, I need your people to get out of here, Jim. So I expect them to honor our deal. They will. Jim looked at Mercedes and Andrew. You're in charge now, so don't mess it up. Take care of each other and keep the city safe. Rhea made a move to step closer to Jim, but Andrew held up his hand and grabbed her shoulder. Don't. I don't think this will be a good idea. We'll get what we came for and get out of here. What about the chalice then? Jim said. I'll have it sent to your house afterwards. You can return it if you like. Anderson didn't sound concerned. He changed his voice to the one he had used so far with Jim. Not that it'll make much of a difference, man. Pretty soon society's gonna change. It's gonna be groovy. We're gonna see a new kind of peace when I run things. Somehow I never imagined the world being run by a hippie with an afro. Shows how narrow-minded you are, man. Three acolytes returned through the front door. With them was a blonde woman in her fifties, thin and bony with a sharp face. Her eyes lit up when she saw Rhea and she ran forward, embracing her. Rhea hugged her back, closing her eyes against her shoulder. Oh, Rhea, the woman whispered. I couldn't believe it. It's okay, Mom. Relax. You're safe now. I'll get us out of here. Rhea let go of her mother's shoulder, but her hand kept contact with her. She looked at Jim, who turned to face her. Thanks for everything, Jim. Although this wasn't exactly what I hoped would happen, I would have liked to get to know you a little better. We can't all get what we want. Jim's voice sounded almost apologetic. Stick with Feline, Rhea. You guys should figure out what to do together. Now get out of here, you and your mom, before he changes his mind. Rhea smiled a crooked smile that made her eye almost squint. She concentrated, and in the next instance both she and her mother were gone. Only the small popping sound of air rushing in to fill the void where they had been made it clear that they had actually been there. Impressive, isn't she? Anderson asked. I've been following her career for years. When I first learned of her, 
I knew that she was the one I needed for my project here. She's led a terrible life, and you've used her like a puppet, Andrew said. She's a pawn, nothing more. When I run things, I'll create more like her. An army of men and women with the power to go anywhere and do anything. But that's not your concern. You have what you came for, now you can leave. All right, guys, you heard the man. Or whatever he is, Jim said. Get to the car and get out of here. Job's over. So, so what? You're just going to let him kill you? Feline asked, mouth open in astonishment. You're not even going to fight? Jim went to her and put his hand on her arm. She changed back to full human form, and her skin was soft against his fingers. I don't expect you to understand, Feline. You're very young. I've lived a very long time. And living like I do is pretty tough. Help Andrew and Mercedes keep the agency going. Help Rhea know when and where to go. I'm counting on you, okay? Feline nodded, unable to speak. A tear ran down her cheek. Jim turned to Mercedes, but didn't have time to say anything before she embraced him in a fierce hug. Don't do this, she whispered. Please, Jim. Don't. I've got to. It's my only shot. Jim stroked her hair. Take care of yourself, kid. I will. She lifted her head from his chest and looked him in the eyes. I'll never forget you. Seriously. You won't have to. Jim let go of her, reached a hand over and shook Andrew's hand. Take care, buddy. Don't break any important laws. I'll do what you would have done. Then you can't go wrong. Now get out of here. All of you. Andrew put an arm around Mercedes's shoulder and they moved to the door. The acolytes parted for them. Feline, however, didn't move. Feline, Jim said, his voice serious. Listen to me. Go. The human cat hesitated one more second, then turned and followed her two friends. At the door, both she and Mercedes cast a last gaze at Jim. Then they were outside. Jim heard car doors slamming, an engine start and moving off. Now, it's just us boys, Anderson said. <laughs>